All right. So welcome, everybody, uh, to week two of the Identity Series. Uh, we're going to talk today about our lives before we ever knew there was a, such person as Jesus. It's going to be awesome. And um, so before we get started, we, we already did some uh, worship and stuff off, off the recording, but we're just going to go ahead and pray into this and we'll get started here. So, Lord, we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for just your presence that we just, we just don't ever want to leave. We don't ever want to miss. And I just pray right now for just a fresh outpouring of your truth and your love uh, upon us and, and just upon you know this city and, and everywhere we go and just inspire us and compel us to be that out in this earth, out in this world, out in our communities, with our friends, our families. May that truth and love be all that we operate in. May that just be the lifestyle we live and may it just go before us and, and leave a trail behind us. And I just thank you, Lord, that as we dig into your word and, and what you say, that, that we just remember that regardless of what anybody says in these teachings or in these moments, that we always take it back to you, Lord, that we always check it against what you say, that we would seek a deeper relationship and revelation of the knowledge of you so that we can we can hear and we can grow and we can and we can just connect better with the body of Christ in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So today, um, again, if you're if you're going to be watching this, um, you know, a recording down the road or whatever, if we don't have your email, please share your email with us so we can get these handouts notes, uh, stuff like that to you. Also the recordings we're, we're going to send out to you. Um, and then if you guys are here, um, we, I just want to say something really, uh, really quick here that we, before we ever knew about this Jesus, our lives were a mess, right? Like we've all heard the song Amazing Grace and, and you know, we've all heard, you know, I once was lost and now I'm found and I once was blind and now I see. And there's a song up there that I really like and I can't, I, I, want, I think it might be Hillsong, but it doesn't matter. But they say something like, I was found before I was lost. And I was, I was able to see before I was ever blind. And I just, I think that that's really amazing when it comes to who we are and where we're going to go through this identity. Today is going to be probably one of the harder uh, lessons because we're going to talk about the stuff that we were. Nobody really likes to talk about that, but I think we forget sometimes. And then in our walk as Christians, some of these things happen and it becomes almost normal or normalized. And we almost kind of make it okay to not be okay. Does that make sense? And, and that's one of those weird statements that's out there that, you know, it's okay to not be okay, but there's nothing about that that lines up with the identity of who we are in Jesus. So identifying those some of those things that we have lived out and maybe even are still potentially as a Christian that we just need to identify that we need to expose and we need to crush with truth, okay? So there's, there's a bunch of scriptures that uh, we're going to go over today. And I have a couple couple different notes. I have a lot of notes, and I don't normally do a lot of notes, so I'm going to apologize for that. But 
first thing we want to talk about is this world that we are born into, right? The world that we're born into is a world that has been handed over to, to our enemy, our ad adversary, you know, Satan, you know, the father of lies. He's the, he's the prince of power. He's, he's the, you know, the one that's kind of got control of what's happening here in our world because we gave it to him way back when in the garden, right? And one of the things I wanted to start with is not your typical scripture, probably when we're talking about what we used to be and all those kind of things, but it's in James. David's James, or actually, I'm sorry. No, yeah, James 3, 14 through 16. So what that tells us, James 3, 14 through 16 says... This is, this is the chapter that's talking about wisdom, first and foremost, right? And it's about the difference between worldly wisdom and, and heavenly wisdom. And I want to focus on, on the worldly wisdom because this is kind of where we're going to launch from about some of those behaviors and things that are, are going on in our life before we know who Jesus is. So verse 14 says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, and I know that there's a bit before and everything, I definitely would recommend that you go back and read this, but I'm just going to focus on this. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. And I, the the whole the self-seeking also also means um, self-ambition. So if you know where you have like a self ambition, and and I get that there's gonna be people out there that you know own their own businesses and all these kind of things, and you know it's you've got to have a you know ambition and a drive, and I get that, but is it is it for yourself? That's the question. And so when we talk about wisdom uh, that is earthly, it's it goes back to Proverbs where it says the things that seem right to a man, right? It, it seems right, but there it leads unto death. And so if we're if we are talking about worldly wisdom that's where envy and self-seeking exist and we're that's where confusion and every evil thing is now think about that for a second our worldly wisdom the world we're bought into or we're born into the life that we lived before we ever knew who jesus was was walked out in worldly sensual and demonic wisdom right we, we lived a confused life and we lived a life where every evil thing is that's intense, right? And and think about that. You know, every evil thing is there. And so, what are some of those evil things we're going to talk about real quick? The first and foremost thing is Romans five ten tells us that we are enemies of God, right? It says it says we are enemies of God. That our that our carnality, that flesh, that 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 person that we're the the world and the person that we are that we were born into is at war with God. Right. So that's Romans 510. And then we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of those activities. Romans also tells us in, in both chapter one and uh, three about being ungodly and unrighteous. So this is kind of like, a, you know, if, if we're in Jesus, which we'll get into in the next couple of weeks, you know, then we're made right with God through his blood. But because we're born into a world that have fallen, we're actually ungodly and unrighteous because none of us um, 
can be perfect in this world apart from Jesus, right? We can't do it on our own. We are, we're all, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? We're, none of us are, are good. Not one. <laughs> we can go through scripture after scripture that really lays out the life that we had before we ever even maybe heard the name Jesus. And so I want to go to uh, Ephesians 5, I think, first. Um, we'll hit we'll hit the list that Ephesians 5 talks about. Ephesians is one of the best books uh, for identity. So if you're looking to really start somewhere and dig deep in identity, Ephesians is, is a way to go. Um, but Ephesians 5, verse 3 is where we're going to start. What's, what's crazy about this verse is two verses before is, is kind of where we'll be in a couple of weeks. And uh, it, so I, I would, I would uh, encourage you to check that out. But verse three, but for, again, we're starting with a but. So that means that there's got to be something before to, to kind of refute that. But here we go. But fornication and uncleanness or covetedness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks, right? So it gave us a quick little list of some of the things that we can probably, as we sit here, think that we may have done or been a part of just within the last 24 hours, week. You know, somebody said a joke and maybe we laughed and just didn't, we're like, oh, maybe that didn't feel right. Um, or, you know, somebody you just know was just, you know, acting like a fool and you kind of went along with it. Like these are some of the things that are contrary to who we become in Christ Jesus, but we don't know any better as, as we walk this life out before we ever hear his name. So a lot of these behaviors, even though most of us that are probably watching or listening or here, we hear this and we know that this isn't who we are right anymore in Christ, the blood has covered us. We want to make sure that we're, we're still aware of where we came from for a couple of reasons. One being that we can help others, right? We, that we can help others walk through the process of, of, of this life that they're living, that they may even say something like, I don't want to live this life. I hate this life. Like, I, I don't, I don't, what do I do with this life? And you say, oh, I got the answer. You give it to somebody who wants it, you know? And I think uh, somebody we watched, Todd White says, his testimony is like, he's like, well, who would want this life? You know, you can have it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like his, you know, salvation moment type of deal. Like just, he can have it, you know, that's crazy. But we want to know this because we want to help others, but also we want to be able to recognize this stuff as a born again Christian attempting to make its way back in attempting to make its way back in. So if we go through these lists and you're like, oh, I just did that yesterday. Don't be condemned by that. Be convicted, recognize it as being exposed by the Holy Spirit in that moment, and then repent, turn back toward God and, and, and get cleansed and, and made clean again. And we'll definitely talk about that a lot more in the next couple of weeks. So uh, next scripture I want to hit is actually Second uh, Timothy 3, 1 through 9. And I know I'm bouncing kind of a bunch today, but uh, I really want to make sure we throw this out there because if I'm using the scriptures and I'm saying I'm saying what the scriptures are saying, then I'm hoping that it's, it's going to touch something in your own heart that, that can help you here. So 2 Timothy 3, um, 1 through 9. So now this is, a lot of people use this as kind of like, oh, this is the end times. This is what we're going to be dealing with. But this is being, this is what people were born into. So the, it's going to be perilous times. Men will be, men will be lovers of themselves, 
lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such people turn away. These are those that creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sin, but always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth, right? So as I go through that list, like this is, you know, a lot of people preach about this for the end times. Like, oh, this is the end times. You're, you'll see this when Jesus is about to come. No, you see this from the beginning. <laughs> this, is, this is life when you're born into this world, right? And you can probably go through this list and you can probably see yourself or, or other people that are running through your mind as, as you're reading through this or some other messages and things that have gone on. You can, you can put things and people and circumstances into this. And you've got to remember, this is the world, right? This is the world. So we'll go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11a is like what I like to say. So just the first part of the 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. I like using you know, a real Bible, so I apologize if <laughs> I'm bouncing around, but... If I'm taking time to do it, I think we should all be good, right? <laughs> so 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous, remember I said earlier on that there's ungodly and unrighteous. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, nor covetous, drunkards, revilers, or revelers nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Would we agree or disagree? Right? First John tells us if we deny that we sin, then we, we make him a liar. So that doesn't mean that we're denying that we can't you know, sin as a believer. But that means that we're denying that we ever sinned to begin with. That's what that actually means. We'll get into that maybe down the road. But this says, but you were, you some of you were these. Right? Does anybody would anybody agree with me that you know I, I was I was at least one, if not almost all of these, right? Pretty crazy. But that's the world we're born into. And the last one here, Colossians 3, 5 through 8. Colossians 3, 5 through 8. I'm going scripture heavy out the gate here, so that's cool. But who doesn't love Colossians really? I mean. All right. So Colossians 3, 5 through 8. Therefore, another, another, you know, you definitely want to see before, but we're just going to focus on this. Therefore, put to death your members, which are on the earth, fornication, <clears throat> uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetedness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now you are yourselves to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Right? Powerful. This is this is this is what we are born into. This is the world 
that a lot of people are walking around in as we speak today. Still, some of them maybe even call themselves Christians. Right? And so the next thing we got to think about is everything that we talked about right there is, is worldly, but we would also identify it as fleshly. So before we ever know that Jesus is a, a thing, right, we're born and we're living this life out. And depending on how you grew up, like I never really grew up in a church environment. I never even knew about God until I was about eight years old. And even then it wasn't a good situation. And I walked away pretty quick and that was about it. I didn't have a grid or a church life to even know that there was a person named Jesus. So I was living this thing out in the flesh, everything here was my Lord. The flesh was my Lord. Right? The Bible says you can't have two masters. <laughs> you have to have one or the other. You can't, you can't uh, double dip, if you will, or, or ride the fence. There's, um, I don't remember who it was, but there, the guy that had the dream, um, he was an atheist and he had the dream. And when he was dreaming, uh, he was in a big field. And in the big field, he, he looked to one side and he saw uh, what he perceived to be Jesus and, you know, a bunch of people with him. And then he looked over here and he saw who he perceived to be Satan and a bunch of people with him. And then down the middle of this big field was a fence. And as he's standing there, kind of looking back and forth, everybody disappears, poof, gone. He's just standing there in an open field with a fence. And so he like hops up on the fence and he's like, looking back and forth he's not sure like what's going on and the satan pops back up and says ah there you are you go ahead and come with me the guy's like uh i didn't choose you i didn't choose him but i definitely didn't choose you either and satan said well yeah you did because the fence is mine so there's no in between <laughs> jesus says something very interesting you you you're either for me or you're against me they're going to either gather or they're going to scatter, right? So as we're going through this life, before we ever know the name Jesus, the world we're born into is our flesh is Lord. That's our world. That's our life. Everything is about me, 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 and me. You know, what, what is the uh, seagulls and finding Nemo? You know, mine, 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 right? <laughs> Do we have to teach our kids how to fight over a toy, or, you know, take something away or, or have them get angry. No, we don't have to teach them any of that. They're born right into that. Their flesh is Lord. Fulfilling their self-need is, is Lord, right? Everything is motivated by self. So as we, as we talk about identity, and, and like I said, today's rough because, I mean, this, there's not a lot of, like, uplifting. It's like, man, this is, this is really, like, harsh, but the reality is, as born-again believers, we can, we can read this, we can talk about this, and we can recognize it for what it is, an opportunity to know the goodness of God that leads to repentance, right? Because there's nothing else that can take all this stuff that we do away, nothing. 
our life before Christ is thinking that we can do it. We can make it. We can, even if I've heard of God, I'm going to do all I can to be a good person so I can get to the gate someday. And when I knock on the door, St. Peter will let me in. Have we ever heard that, right? The angel will open the door and be like, oh, so glad you can make it. You've been such a good person. You only had, you know, a hundred bad things, but you had a thousand good things. And they, they, it doesn't work that way, right? How many of us would say that we thought we we're pretty good people? I, I did. I didn't murder anybody, but I did pretty much everything else, right? And the wages of sin is death. So I should be dead. We all should be, right? I think somebody says, you know, let them get what they deserve. You ever heard that? People are fine. Well, they should get what they deserve. Well, if we got what we deserve, we could all go to hell. But praise God that as we go through this identity series, we're going to see the goodness of God that leads to repentance and gives us an opportunity to say, you know what? <laughs> I recognize that something, something was not right. When, when Adam and Eve were created, they were created for something way more than we're living out. And it got lost. And now I'm underneath a thumb that I, I shouldn't be underneath. And that thumb is actually what's driving me to do a lot of these things we just went through in Scripture. There's got to be a way out. And once we find that way out, why would we ever want to go back? Like I said at the beginning, there's two reasons why we, we go through these scriptures as hard as they can be. The first being we want to help others get to where we are in our in our walk with the Lord, to get to know who Jesus is and what he did to get us through this process of worldly and fleshly living, right? So that we can actually live out in the spirit. But the second piece is to recognize in ourselves where maybe we're missing something or we're dealing with something. And realizing that we don't need, we, we need a dose of truth, right? That will set us free so that we can actually walk out in righteousness what Jesus died for us to do, right? I can't remember which scripture it is. It might have been in, in Corinthians, but it says, don't, don't lie against the truth, and if we're walking, if we're in, involved in any of these scriptures that we read, we're involved in any of the fornications or the lusts or the any of that stuff, then we're lying against the truth. Because when we get to who Jesus is next week and what life in, looks like in him, we're going to start seeing that truth lived out, not just in his life, but in his life through us. So these are just a few scriptures. Obviously, I, I, I definitely encourage you to go, you know, look through these scriptures. Go look for more. I mean, there's tons in the Old Testament. You can go in the Old Testament, find all kinds. But go through there. Ask the Lord to really reveal maybe in your heart. I think Psalm says, you know, Lord, you know, seek my heart, purify my heart, clean me, right? And and we got to do that almost on a daily. We got to basically live a repentant lifestyle. That just mean that doesn't mean that you're you're waking up sin conscious. It's just you wake up knowing that you need to be pure and holy as He made you pure and holy. And you need to just check in with Him because He's the one that knows you better than you do. You might think you're doing it okay. I'm doing okay. Again, it goes back to all my works, right? 
and sometimes as Christians, I think we think we're doing okay because we're Christians, but it's it's a lifestyle live that we wake up in him. And we say, Lord, I just want to wake up in you. I want to wake up holy. I want to wake up pure and clean. If there's anything in my thoughts, in my actions, in my heart at all, that's coming against that truth. Let's, let's crush it now and, and let's just go out in righteousness. Right? So... While we were living this way, right, we didn't necessarily grasp the concept or the magnitude of the impact that it has on our eternity. And over the next couple of weeks, I think we're going to help show what the what the impact of that life really has as we transition into our eternal life with the Lord. So I think that that for today will be enough because um, I, I don't want to go too too far with uh, you know all the behaviors and all that. I think you guys got the point, right? So when you go into your study, just you know again, Lord, you know just reveal these things. If any of these things are in my life, then then help me to call it as it is, as a lie against the truth, and help me to just re-solidify my righteousness in you. And that's my prayer for you as we go ahead and close out tonight. That the Lord would just come into your heart, purify you, and that you would allow him the space to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.